everyone, this is Inside the Tribe. We talk here about moving to another country, integration challenges, fun and experiences while living in different culture. Today, my guest is Sam. Hi, Sam. Hello, I'm so happy to be here. I'm looking forward to our energizing talk and to bringing some new information and tips to our listeners. Me too, Maria. I'm so happy to be here. Sam, you're originally from UK. Yes, that's right. And you told me that the first moving were inside the Europe. Could you tell me more what was the first country and how was the first experience of living home country was for you? Yeah, well, it's actually quite a big question for me, Maria, because I have moved something like 18 times in my life. Oh, my God. <laughs> not, but not in recent years. So there was a lot of movement, you know, in my 20s and my 30s. Um, firstly within the UK and then my first move abroad was when I went to France um, in a town called Poitiers um, as part of my Erasmus year abroad so that was the first step yeah would you like me to speak a little bit about that or shall I tell you the whole kind of moving schedule it's also curious when people move inside the country because I don't think that for everyone it's also an option like it can be different some people stay in the same city for years and some people for example for for us in Russia it's such a big country it's huge so not many people travel inside the country those who live like in Moscow and St. Petersburg they move they they travel more to Europe than to the the, the, another end of Russia so yeah I'm curious um what brings to a person, for example, in UK, if they move a lot and what, what is then differs? Yeah, that's an interesting question. And I can really just speak from my personal experience on that. Obviously, when you go from one town to the next, there's going to be little particularities that are going to be different. I think it's actually quite an accepted thing to move in the UK from place to place. I think, you know, we go to university in a different town. We're used to that experience of kind of upping sticks and creating a new life. So I would say in my personal experience that there is a lot of freedom to do that. Um, And so, yeah, I found that it was fairly natural. Of course, there's some adaptation that you have to, you know, build a new social circle and maybe join a few clubs to get involved and be part of the community and, you know, really put yourself out there and stuff. But I do have to say that as a Brit, moving within the UK was fairly natural and didn't pose too many challenges for me. Um, And I think because in the time when I was doing all of that moving, I was in quite an extroverted place in my life. So Maybe there was a part of me that got quite a thrill, you know, from <laughs> what comes big, next, right? Yeah. And and so, of course, there's a little bit of, you know, nervous energy that comes along with that because you, you're, you are adapting and you're finding your feet and, and maybe you didn't start off there. And at the same time, yeah, I liked the variety of it when I was doing that. I liked the fact I could expand, widen my social network get to know a different way of doing things and in some ways become a different person, you know, because I think with every move you make, you're kind of growing into a little bit of a different version of your own self. And that's what makes it colorful and exciting. Yeah. I think it's also a possibility, you know, like to bring yourself in different way. I recently, I think last year, or I'm now lost with Corona, when was it? But my last yoga retreat that I went and there were, Almost all people from Switzerland, only several from another country. On at dinner, they were talking who they are and where they're from. And then one lady made such a picture. She was like, 
I can, you know, I can fly helicopter and I'm a yoga teacher and I'm a professor and she looks amazing. And she's like, I have a kid. First, I had quite a miserable feeling because and professor and this and that. And then I was thinking, I will not go and check, you know, so she can bring everything. She can be a a major in army. I'm like, so a bit similar for me. If you go to another place, you can... You can build yourself from zero. You can, you can indeed. And yet what I found in my travels and in my moving is that the way that I really connected with people was less about telling everybody about me (laughs) and more about becoming super curious about them. So I am in this kind of really intense moving phase in my life. I was, you know, quite young and I, I found this was a survival skill to actually really hone how I listened to people and picking up on what they were saying and responding to that and getting more curious and you know people like to be heard they like to be seen and so very much a part of my makeup actually from those days it stayed with me ever since has been that natural curiosity um so it's interesting what helps us to connect you know yeah but it's interesting to change this projector right not to put ourselves in the light yeah but putting on the other person saying you are interesting for me yes yeah Yeah. absolutely and there there is something about that (laughs) I guess it's a bit unusual for many because you know people are used to others projecting themselves onto other (laughs) and so when you're in this position where somebody's just getting super curious about you it's like wow that's nice I want a bit more of that (laughs) (laughs) and it creates a bit of a bond so yeah I think it's that's an interesting point on the connection when moving you know and the other thing that I found during my moves was that in those moments where I was feeling vulnerable and everything wasn't going right (laughs) there would be some tears and there would be something that happened that you know I didn't feel fully in control of to do with the new culture the new place whatever that might be in sharing that you know, that was often the point when friendships would be built because people would have the opportunity to come in and help me (laughs) pitch in. And then there was this sense of um, unity and a building, growing rapport. Yeah. So I learned in a really kind of powerful way during those times how much our vulnerability helps to solidify relationship and connection. True, yeah. Sometimes to put our walls and uh, not to be too strong to show ourselves helps yeah I I mean I see vulnerability as one of the most courageous acts we can give to others and ourselves um, because when it comes down to it we're all just human beings we might come in different suits different (laughs) guises you know different professions different outward success appearances and yet you know deep down we're all messy creatures that have a range of experiences um, and it's really that it's when we let that show that um, people can see us and we can see them and we begin to feel a sense of belonging, you know, because I I firmly believe that wherever we're living, it's our humanness that creates the belonging, that creates the roots. And so the more we can reveal that and the more we can share that, then the more connection we're actually going to feel. That's beautiful, Sam. Thank you. Yeah, the France experience. Yes. How did you choose the country? Well, oh gosh, it was a long time ago now, but the first experience in Poitiers, I needed to go there as my Erasmus year, you know, as part of my degree in French drama. could you choose or it was... Yeah, we could choose, but there were limited choices. And I seem to remember being a little bit disorganized at the time. 
And then there were just a few options left. And I went to my professor and I said, look, what do you recommend here? I don't know, you know. And somehow that, you know, that all came down to Poitiers. And that's how I landed there, really. I don't remember making a highly conscious choice about going there. And yet it turned out to be an incredibly transforming year in many ways. What was the biggest difference for you there? Ah, the biggest difference. You know, I could answer that many ways. But when I first hear that question, it reminds me of being sat in the cafe outside after, you know, the lectures, the seminars had finished for the day and people watching, (laughs) sitting there with some fellow Erasmus students, some French people that we've met, um, you know, having a a Angina, (laughs) probably smoking a cigarette at the time. um, I have to say, oh, disgusting habit. Don't know how I ever did that, (laughs) but it was part of the experience. Yeah, just the sense of watching the world go by and passing time in a state of being in a way maybe that's the first strongest experience I had in my life of being able to sit back and watch and take in and there was something about the French cafe culture that really allowed me to do that and you know as you know I'm a poet (laughs) so I remember like this a lot of poetry or poetic feelings coming from this um, luxurious time to sit and watch I could answer, I could like speak for the next 10 hours on this topic but as you asked me that question that's the first thing that comes yeah it's funny that you now said this um, that was the city where you moved I was thinking to do my studies in there is a combination France and uh, Italy so in France that would be that city yeah sometimes when people tell you stories and you think like huh if I would make this choice I would be with I could meet this person in another city in another time. It's like a parallel world, right? And it's a small world, isn't it? I mean, just look at you and I, you know, we met each other at an event and then we met each other again randomly at another event. And here we are doing this podcast. So sometimes our destinies are brought together. (laughs) And um, yeah, the world is so much smaller than we think, you know? You also told me that you were living in Germany before and now you're in Switzerland I mean for some people they would say it's all one Europe yes is it different the moves to different countries in Europe for you or you see it as a one big this melting pot of cultures yeah it's an interesting question I feel like I personally had a very different experience in each country that I've lived in Um, So I don't think you can typecast Europe as one thing. And I also think that I was a different person in each place that I lived in as well. So that's going to add into the experience. And saying that, I do consider myself to be European, (laughs) which in some ways does embrace the the idea of belonging to this whole mass. I guess in, in terms of belonging, I feel that connection to the European, you know, experience. Um, And then when you break it down to living in certain places, each one of those moves has given me a very, very different experience and different mood, different, so many different things, you know, and, and also like the phases of my life when I've made these moves has been different too. Yeah, I think it's multifaceted and I don't think you can lump it into one thing at all. And I also could never speak for other people's experience of their moving because that's going to be unique to them, you know, and I'm I'm a firm advocate in <laughs> unique personal experience. So, yeah, that's that's what comes to me when you ask that. 
Yeah, hearing that the experience is so personal and so deep um, depends on our experiences and our education, on our um, how we were raised. Do you think that the approach, how to integrate and how to feel home must be uh, also very personal? I think so, yeah. I mean, when I think about how I fitted in, if you like, because I think there is an element of fitting in when you move mm -hmm. into a country that isn't your own, How I fitted in in France and Germany is different to how I fitted in as an adult living in Switzerland. Uh, and again, there's a little bit of the age I was at when I made the first moves compared to the age I was at when I moved here to Switzerland back in 2007. So, yeah, but I think it's, it's all having an impact, you know? Yeah, I was recently thinking about that, you know, everything what we read or we look like cartoons when we kids and grow uh, like movies when we grown up also forms us and preparing for our today's I was um, thinking of uh, movie moving to America you remember with the movie? Yes. I think it's the first movie that I think of if you think about moving yes and that was very funny way to to see how a person can be absolutely not prepared to reality or a different world <laughs> yeah for sure But I think also with humor, it goes much easier. Oh my gosh, I'm like smiling as you say that because humor is such a lightener, you know, and, and it's not about being funny or cracking loads of jokes necessarily, but being able to see the fun side of the difficult parts, you know. I remember being in France the first time and it taking like hours on end to get the carte de séjour, you know, the staying pass. Um, and like, I don't know, something like, 24 hours of my life was spent waiting in this office trying to get this thing and um you gotta laugh right and I remember you know being with some of the students and you know having a drink in the bar in the evening and just joking about experiences and I think that's something again that stayed throughout my experiences of living abroad is yeah you've got to see the funny side <laughs> and in some ways it's the humor that allows you to progress you know because You're learning when you're in humor. There's the, again, the curiosity is there um, and it's another shared experience. And it's the quirks that make it interesting. If we see the quirks and the difficult parts as, you know, blocks or, oh, that's not like I usually do it. That's not like I've always experienced it. Then we're actually kind of limiting ourselves from that connection with the country we're in. Yeah. So I think there's something quite presencing, actually, about humor. It's like, yep, yeah, you know, here I am. This is happening. <laughs> it's a bit crazy. It's new to me. And I can smile about it. You know, it might there might be some parts that are really annoying. You know, that's life. And again, that kind of brings me, Maria, to the idea that life is life wherever you go. So, <laughs> you know, whatever country you land up in, you're going to have a series of positive and negative events happening to you because that's the human experience so how do you want to deal with them what do you want to bring yeah. <laughs> and we do have a choice in that it doesn't always feel like it and we don't always get it right I know I don't there is something in choosing our perspective and choosing how we want to go into whatever's happening to us um, are we going to embrace it are we going to reject it are we going to be you know somehow putting up some resistance towards it we can choose yeah yeah that's a It's another approach, I would say, that we can choose. Sometimes people move and they meet some troubles and they're not ready for that or they were not thinking of this and they resist because, as you said, they don't know or they're not doing that their own way. I think this 
our own way is much under question when we move. Yes, because absolutely. There probably will only partly things that we always did as we as we did before, and um, there's so much new happens then. I'm smiling because yeah. I'm I'm just reminded of something. My partner's English. Um, we met in England before I moved over here, and then he joined me. And, you know, we've adapted to a lot of living in Switzerland and we both really love living here and feel very grateful to live here. And the one thing that we struggle with is in our culture in England, you know, you hold the door open for somebody Mm -hmm. and then allow them to walk through. And then they usually say thank you. And of course, in many cultures, that's just not done. And it's not the fact that people are being rude or, you know, making a point. It's just that that's not seen as a necessary social behavior. And, you know, I've been here, what, 12 years or so, and um, I've never got used to that. I've never got used to, like, I've had these experiences sometimes of holding a door open, a person walking through and not even saying thank you, and just walk through. And sometimes it's even not the one person, so you just stand (laughs) and holding and people passing by. Yeah, you know, and, and at the same token, I have to say that I feel very, very welcome in this country and I feel very privileged to live here. Um, We have lovely neighbours. I sing in the local gospel choir, not so much at the moment because of lockdown. Um, But I feel like I have an amazing quality of life. Um, And so actually, I feel pretty humble about the fact that I've been able to make my life and buy a house here and settle into what is the most beautiful country, um, which of course has its quirks, its idiosyncrasies. But in general, I feel safe. I feel I have freedom. I have a lovely network of people that I connect with. I can go out into the hills just by my house here in Dornach. Yeah. And within like five minutes, I'm, I'm a very keen nature lover. Um, I walk and I jog every day and I can just get out there, go for my walk, go for my run, breathe in fresh air, feel safe on my own as a woman, write my poetry <laughs> and um, even take my clients out into nature. So There's so much to be said for living here and the little things that I haven't quite adjusted to. They're they're very few, actually. They're all part of it. It, Yes, you buy the whole set, right? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering if you have siblings and if they also moved somewhere or stayed home. Yeah, interesting question. So I have a younger brother. He's two years younger than me. So he's currently 42. Um, He's still living in Southampton. He did move for university. So he went to the same university as I did, actually, Kent University. Um, But then he went back to Southampton. And so his life has been spent really entirely there, apart from his university time. Um, So we've had very different existences. Me with my, I think now a third of my life has been spent abroad, you know, whereas like, I don't know, 90% of his life has been in the UK in the town that we were both born in. Yeah. I wonder how he sees your moves and how he perceived that what he thinks of that what is it for him yeah it's an interesting question too I I gosh I mean we've had so many different experiences and we're also very different people so I noticed that when I go back to the UK which hasn't been for a while now um, what we share still is quite a sarcastic sense of humor and silly little jokes from our childhood (laughs) and the past Um, And of course, in reality, our lives are so different that our frame of reference, you know, we can't really probably understand either of us that much anymore, because 
it was so long ago that I left and I really did change in these last years and he never really left and so I guess from his perspective there's probably a bit of like why (laughs) you know why would you do that because I imagine if you stay in a place like your roots are so grounded in where you are it would be difficult to see why you would even want to uproot you know yeah Um, I'm just making this up you know we've never had an in-depth discussion about that but I certainly do feel a big difference in even the stuff I want to talk about or that matter to me or that come up they're so different from him (laughs) so we have to kind of relate from an almost like a past experience point and that's okay and you know that's that's as a result of our differences yeah I have also a brother he's uh, I have a bigger brother five years old five years older than me and yeah I can relate the common points of connection if we communicate and we're not not so close anymore as we were um, till 20s. It's really the past because we went from the, the same world, right? But I think sometimes people or also parents and being as a parent, we think that siblings, oh, they raised together. They would be there for each other. They would help each other during the life. But sometimes it's it doesn't happen and um people are so different even if the you know the same parents are there yeah. so the ways and lives they just go in different directions and totally. sometimes people that we meet alone or away they become closer to us than the blood relatives yes for sure <laughs> and i do believe that friends are the new family in many cases Um, And we kind of make different families where we go. And that's not to say we disassociate from where we came from, not at all. That's always going to be our blood and our roots, or at least I'm speaking for myself. And yet we do create different communities and have to um, as a survival basis when we leave our home country. Uh, We talked a lot with you. What is important and essential for you to see in people and how to communicate to um, friends? But begin bringing it a bit broader, what is needed to make this community of yours in a new place? Yeah, reaching out is what I would say. I mean, it definitely helped me in Switzerland. You know, here it is quite a private, discreet culture. And so it can take time. And what I do know is when you do take the time, you get met with a lot of warmth and consistency from people. And what helped me with that was honestly joining the choir. Um, When I lost my father back in 2015, it was a harrowing and horrible time. And we just moved house just in the village I'm in then. And I was going through a lot of emotions and I wanted to feel more connection, actually, um, because it was just so hard dealing with those lost feelings then being in a different country. And so I saw a little advert in the local Donach, you know, agenda for the year or whatever it was called. And I saw the choir and I thought, wow, my dad was a keen singer. Um, In fact, he used to sing in choirs. And when I was a child, we used to be involved in musical theatre together. And so something kind of clicked in intuitively for me, like how lovely it would be to connect with other people that like music and coming together to sing in the community as a kind of reach out thing for me. I have to say the first day I remember being really nervous because I literally was the only Brit in a room of predominantly Swiss people that had been singing together for years. (laughs) And I felt so different. I literally, I could feel it in my body, you know, like this feeling of the foreigner walking in. (laughs) (laughs) And um, it took me, I don't know, it's probably took me about 
two months really of going every week to start to feel a bit more relaxed and now roll on six seven years whatever it is and I feel so much a part of that choir (laughs) and it's because honestly I put myself out there I went through that slightly tummy kind of quenching oh I don't fit in are they going to accept me I'm foreign this is uncomfortable I'd rather be at home watching don't tell the bride (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I got out there and I put myself out there and did it and and I even actually got asked to sing a solo for two years, which was a big thing to feel that there was enough trust that I, you know, they would like me to go up and, and do that. And I did actually just before the lockdown did my solo. Um, so Congrats that, on that. Thank you. Yeah. Finding ways to connect authentically with community through activity. And I'd like to just underline that activity part here in Switzerland, because I think that's very cultural that a lot of the way that um, Swiss people get to know each other also is through joining the Vereins, you know, and and getting involved in that way. So I felt like I was also fitting in with how people get to know each other by becoming a part of the choir. And that was a really um, strengthening experience for me in terms of connection. And then just taking risks, honestly, sometimes through online stuff um, is also possible, like joining communities, Facebook groups, meetup groups stuff like that where you are constantly with new people that may or may not be in the same situation like spidering out really for me that's been a part of building network here um, and it's something that I'm, I'm continuously doing you know so those are a couple of practical things but definitely finding shared activities with people in the community yeah. and and the last thing I think I want to say on that is not isolating these experiences to just expats you know I'm a firm believer that when you move somewhere of course you're always going to be foreign right but you have a kind of it sounds a bit heavy but almost like a duty or something responsibility to somehow connect with the people and place that you're in even if that's just in a very small way for you you know I don't think it's necessarily about becoming fluent in German overnight or Swiss German or anything like that but just little small ways where you can feel you're going towards the culture you're in and it's not just about the culture to come and accept you you're actually making proactive efforts to go towards and to become involved in yeah do you think this action um, influence on um, how the local people would see the experts I feel that it does, you know, I really do. I mean, uh, it's lovely when I walk around here and I go for a walk by the River Beers and I bump into some people from choir. And of course, you know, we talk a little bit about choir and it's a little bit of chit chat, but I feel different as a result of that, you know, I feel like a part of something. And I feel, yeah, again, it goes back to belonging and like, I feel like I'm needed in that choir in my own quirky, British, eccentric little way. And that makes me feel happy and Anything that builds that inner sense of contentment is going to give you that sense of belonging. And then it's a ripple effect. You're going to put that out into the world and, you know, attract people towards that somehow. Yeah. What brought my attention is that the going out into activity to find your community, you mentioned it's not the one time action. It's not when you just moved in in the country. So it's kind of ongoing. Yes. Yeah. Some yeah. people, I think it's some, for some people, it's kind of one action, you know, like I, I came in the first year, I really need to 
find yeah. and settle and then I can relax. But I think it's also very um, connected to personality, of course. Yeah, sure. And the thing is, if you're just connecting with expats, of course, there's a lot of flux in that because people mm. come and go there. It's even more important, I think, to have a few sort of anchors that are maybe friends that, you know, aren't associated with just this, you know, transit transitory lifestyle. Yeah. And yes, it is very different from person to person. And I think it goes in waves. And I think even after, you know, for me, 12 years of living here, I still can get a month or a week where there's a bit of loneliness or a bit of disconnect or and then I tend to go to what I know how to do or how to be in order to get that feeling back. Um, And I'm not sure whether that's just specific to living abroad, in all honesty. I think that's, again, a little bit our experience as humans that we go through periods of feeling more connected to our environment, those around us and relationships, and then times when we don't. <laughs> and we kind of have to listen to that in ourselves and respond to it kindly and proactively. Yeah. And it's okay. <laughs> it's yeah. all okay. For me, it sounds like there is like waves when you've opened more to the outer world and then you're more closed into inside and then yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, and, and me as a person, I'm um, I'm not extrovert and I'm not introvert. I call myself an extrovert. <laughs> so I'm more like an expressive introvert. You know, I need a lot of time in nature on my own writing space quiet. And as you could probably tell, I love to express myself and I love to connect with people. So I love connection. And so I know that in my personal experience, I need to kind of keep both sides of me happy there. <laughs> the introvert that just wants to like, you know, pull in and <laughs> be quiet and curl up with a book or whatever. And then the extrovert that wants to be out there communicating with people, sharing message, sharing human experience. And so I notice when I'm more in my introvert part, of course, there can be times when I think, oh, hang on, I need to reconnect here. I need to, you know, go back to people, go back to outside. Yeah. And so I'm yeah it's a dance in listening and again it really is so personal isn't it right because some people are like almost entirely extroverts so they're probably like full-on needing people around all the time and you know how do they want to respond to that I always thought that I was extrovert till maybe three years ago or something yeah because I really love to be with people but I think I'm more bring energy to others Yes. And I during communication, I lose so much energy. Then yeah. then I really need to go back to my, you know, uh, snail house. Yeah. And I recharge alone. Yes. With my thoughts, with, the, as you said, books, yeah. some activities, walking even outside, but alone. Yeah. And for some people, it's it's not matching because I'm so out, but I'm I'm giving more than I recharge. So I lose so much energy on that, though yeah. I love it. It doesn't mean that I, you know, yeah. you lose and you don't like. It's also knowing ourselves yeah. and through also moving experiences and everything, we we learn who we are and what we are. I think that really is the gift in moving is that we're forced to know ourselves because we cannot just hide behind what culture is expecting of us, what everyone else around us is doing when we're not known. <laughs> you know, we have to kind of tap into who we are, listen to that voice inside get to know what's coming through in us, you know, and respond to that. So I actually see that as the most amazing gift in moving is how it actually develops you as a person and allows you to deepen into 
further connection with yourself. I think it's a, it's a very powerful thought. To all our listeners also to share that and think on that. Thank you very much, Sam. It was a very energetic, very full of thoughts talk with you. My pleasure. I've enjoyed every moment. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you guys for listening to us and we meet in a week. It was Inside the Tribe. Bye. Bye.